on. Too silent. How is everybody doing? Good. Everyone have a good day? Julian had a good day. Did everyone else have a bad day? (laughs) Gio's here. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. Well, Pastor Izzy is obviously not here tonight because I am not him. Uh, He is on a trip to Minneapolis with our DYD Chris Stanley. So they are at a, yes, yay, Chris Stanley. Yes, we love that. Um, They're at a Next Gen Conference. So I'm excited to be with you guys tonight. Yes, finally, Pastor Izzy's gone and hands me the microphone for the night. I love it. Um, But for those of you who don't know me, my name is Pastor Ariel. Me and Pastor Izzy are the youth pastors here at Belmont. And we absolutely love getting to hang with all of you on a Thursday night. There's no better place to be. Um, So like they said in the announcements, uh, first off, Haley and Edwin, you guys are just amazing at announcements. Please do them every week. (laughs) Yes! It's so enjoyable. I love it. Um, But... Like they were talking about, we got family night coming up. So I just want to reiterate that. Um, It is next Thursday. It's still at 7 o'clock, just like Excel time. But we are going to be in the main sanctuary. So still in this building, kind of down the hall. But um, we want to see everybody there. And what family night is all about is just getting to see um, your parents, your grandparents, your guardians, aunts, uncles, whoever it is that You go home to your surrounding family. Um, The opportunity for them to come and experience Excel and see what it's all about. And all of y'all get a free dinner. We will have turkey there. Um, They're bringing some supplies in yesterday. So I know there's going to be bread rolls. uh, There's going to be corn. um, There's going to be lots of food. What's that? Red, just red corn and turkey. No, there's going to be more than that. Those are, those are just the things I saw. So we would love to see all of you there. And even if your family can't make it, we still want you there because you are Excel and it's still Excel service. So please come on out. And as well, um, like they also mentioned, Momentum is coming up. So please, 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 if you are going to Momentum, finish signing up. Um, So if you haven't paid yet, we need you to pay um, and finish signing up on all of your forms. Got it? Okay. You guys are awesome. Um, I'm excited to talk to you guys tonight. Uh, A really good passage from the Bible. Um, We're going to talk about just God's power and that he's a God of miracles and that we can have confidence in God. And I know all y'all know that and you're smart and you're like, yes, Pastor Ariel, I love God and I believe he's a God of miracles. We're just singing it. Um, But, you know, I think looking at this passage is just going to further encourage us and really help us as believers. You know, daily we need to wake up with that in mind that God You are a God of miracles, and you can do anything. And that's how I need to approach every day and every circumstance. You know, it can't be a second thought we forget about. It's everything, relying on God, his power, his awesomeness, having confidence in that as believers. So we're going to be in 1 Kings 18 tonight. We're going to the Old Testament. So woo! Um, If you have your Bibles, I would love for you to open it up to 1 Kings 18. We'll also have it on our Sky Bible. So you can check that out as well. But before we really do get to that part, I want to set up what's happening so we don't just jump right in. You're like, whoa, who said what and what's going on where? 
So let me set this up for you. Um, So we're going to be looking at Elijah. So Elijah is a person in the Old Testament that God just used in a powerful way. Um, In many circumstances, you can read about him in the Bible. Um, And then we also have Ahab in the story. So Ahab is the king of Israel at this time. And he is a bad king. He's an evil king. Um, Ahab is taking the people, the Israelites, and having them worship Baal. So Baal is a false god, not the true god. Um, And just doing things that are evil in the sight of the Lord and leading the Israelites in this. He built an altar to Baal. He's building a temple to Baal. Um, 1 Kings 16.33 says, Ahab did more to anger the Lord God of Israel than all the kings of Israel who were before him. So that just shows you, like, he's bad, okay? That's what I'm trying to get to. Bad, bad king. Worst king ever in Israel. Boo, we don't like you. So, um, and then, so this is what uh, Elijah is telling Ahab. There will be no dew or rain during these years except by my command. And this is in 1 Kings 17 again. Then the Lord tells Elijah to leave here. So he does. And eventually the Lord tells him, go and present yourself to Ahab. I will send rain on the surface of the land. So again, setting up this passage, we got Elijah, King Ahab. So Elijah's there and he tells King Ahab, there's going to be no dew, no rain in the land for the next few years. So I'm going to leave. So he leaves, goes away. Ah, No rain. And then the Lord tells him to come back. He tells him to come back and to talk to King Ahab. So then when Ahab saw Elijah, Ahab said to him, is that you, the one ruining Israel? He replied, I have not ruined Israel, but you and your father's family have, because you have abandoned the Lord's commands and followed the Baals. Now summon all Israel to meet me at Mount Carmel, along with the 450 prophets of Baal and the 400 prophets of Asherah, who eat at Jezebel's table. Okay, so that's to set up our passage we're about to read. I know you're probably like, Pastor, we're already reading a lot tonight. Yeah, we are. It's going to be awesome. I love God's word. I love it. So I don't have a title for my message, but if I did, it would be called Meet Me at Mount Carmel. Say that. Meet me at Mount Carmel because that's where it's going down is at Mount Carmel. Okay, guys. So you ready to jump in? Okay. So again, we're going to have it on the screen. Just bear with me. It's kind of a long passage, but it's okay. It's God's word. It's good for us. Yeah? Okay. So here we go. We are in 1 Kings 18, starting with verse 20. So Ahab summoned all the Israelites and gathered the prophets at Mount Carmel. Then Elijah approached all the people and said, How long will you waver between two opinions? If the Lord is God, follow him. But if Baal, follow him. But the people didn't answer him a word. Then Elijah said to the people, I am the only remaining prophet of the Lord, but Baal's prophets are 450 men. Let two two bulls be given to us. They are to choose one bull for themselves, cut it into pieces and place it on the wood, but do not light the fire. I will prepare the other bull and place it on the wood, but not light the fire. Then you call on the name of your God, and I will call on the name of the Lord. The God who answers with fire, he is God. All the people answered, that is fine. So Elijah at Mount Carmel is setting them up for a challenge. Verse 25. 
Then Elijah said to the prophets of Baal, since you are so numerous, choose for yourselves one bull and prepare it first. Then call on the name of your God, but don't light the fire. So they took the bull that he gave them, prepared it, and called on the name of Baal from morning until noon, saying, Baal, answer us. But there was no sound. No one answered. Then they danced around the altar they had made. At noon, Elijah mocked them. He said, shout loudly, for he's a god. Maybe he's thinking it over. Maybe he has wandered away. Or maybe he's on the road. Perhaps he's sleeping and will wake up. So savage of him. He's mocking them. My gosh, Elijah. Verse 28. They shouted loudly. This is crazy. And cut themselves with knives and spears according to their custom until blood gushed over them. I mean, come on. They sound desperate for Baal to answer them. All afternoon, they kept on raving until the offering of the evening sacrifice. But there was no sound. No one answered. No one paid attention. Then Elijah said to all the people, come near me. So all the people approached him. Then he repaired the Lord's altar that had been torn down. Elijah took 12 stones according to the numbers of the tribes of sons of Jacob, to whom the word of the Lord had come saying, Israel will be your name. And he built an altar with the stones in the name of the Lord. Then he made a trench around the altar large enough to hold about four gallons. Next, he arranged the wood, cut up the bull and placed it on the wood. He said, fill four water pots with water and pour it on the offering to be burned and on the wood. Then he said a second time and they did it a second time. Then he said a third time and they did it a third time. So the water ran all around the altar. He even filled the trench with water. You guys still with me? Okay, great. Verse 36. At the time for offering... The evening sacrifice, the, Elijah pro- the prophet Elijah approached the altar and said, Lord, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, today let it be known that you are God in Israel and I am your servant and that at your word I have done all these things. Answer me, Lord. Answer me so that this people will know that you, the Lord, are God and that you have not turned their hearts and sorry, and that you have turned their hearts back. Verse 38. Then the Lord's fire fell and consumed the burnt offering, the wood, the stones, and the dust. And it was licked up by the water that was in the trench. When all the people saw it, they fell face down and said, The Lord, he is God. The Lord, he is God. So good, right? So good. Elijah set the challenge, and clearly God is the winner. So I just want to pull a few points from this passage tonight that I believe can just encourage us as believers in God, knowing God's power, it'll just be fuel for our faith. So the first point I want to point out is simply this, have confidence in God. Have confidence in God. What I love about Elijah is that he didn't know if God was actually going to answer by fire, right? He just had confidence that God could answer by fire. So again, he sets this challenge with King Ahab and his prophets of Baal. And he said, let's call on your God and I'll call on my God and see who answers by fire. He just has the confidence that God can answer by fire, that he can do it. But he doesn't actually know, you know, like 
God, are you going to answer by fire? Will you? That's not his mind. His mind, his mindset is just God can answer by fire. And I'm just going to set the challenge and believe that he can do that. How can we be so confident in God? I love, this is one of my most favorite verses of all time. It's Ephesians 3.20. It says, now to him who is able to do above and beyond all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us. I also love it even more in the message version. So message version says, God can do anything you know, far more than you could ever imagine or guess or request in your wildest dreams. He does it not by pushing us around, but by working within us, his spirit deeply and gently within it. That's how we can be confident in God. He tells us in his very word, and he is the word, right? Jesus says, I am the word. And we read his word, and he tells us in Ephesians 3.20 that I can do literally anything. Ask for it, and I can do that. Request it, and I can do that. Even imagine if I could do that. God, could you even do X, Y, and Z, the wildest thing you can think of. And he says, I can do that. That's a big God. He can literally do anything. So again, I, what I love about Elijah, I just picture him standing there. God, can you answer by fire? Yes, because he's the God who can do anything. He could answer by fire. He could answer by anything he wants to. If he wanted to ask for God answered by bubble machines? He probably could, but he can. He's the God that can do anything. So for us, let's believe that every day. When we wake up, when we go out the door, if we go to school, get around our family, get around our friends, let's just simply have confidence in God that he can do it. He can do anything. Luke 137, it says, for nothing will be impossible with God. Again, another just, Small, simple verse that is so profound. Profound. That verse you find when the angel is visiting Mary and says that you're going to conceive a child who's going to be a savior of the world. And Mary says, I've never even been with a man. But that's because God is a God of the impossible. And the angel says to her, for nothing, say nothing. Nothing will be impossible with God. I think about the mountains that we can face sometimes. How hard challenges could be. I never want to undermine what someone's going through. Because there's a whole number of things that everyone in this room could be walking through. But I just even think about examples of, you know, like what we're reading about now. God sending fire? That seems crazy. Think about Moses. God parted a literal ocean. An ocean for them to walk through. Isn't that wild? Have you ever seen an ocean parted? I haven't. But when I think about things like that, they're real. The Bible is real. What God has done is real. I think about circumstances like praying for healing or a miracle or maybe financial provision or a friend to be saved. I think, God, if you can part a literal ocean, you can do this. You can do that. 
You can heal this. You can move in this miraculous way. I think about him sending Jesus. What Jesus alone has done. Go to the cross for us and wash away our sins. That's crazy. But he did it. An absolute miracle. A mind-blowing miracle. God did it. He can do anything. Amen? Amen. My second point. So first, simply just have confidence in God. My second point is have confidence that God can do it in a moment. A moment. So let's look at these prophets again. There's 450 prophets of Baal. Like I said when I was reading it, they look absolutely crazy. So I'm going to list out everything they did again. From morning until noon, they were crying out, Baal, answer us. They danced. They danced around an altar. They continued shouting till evening. They started cutting themselves until blood gushed all over them. Literally what the Bible says. They bled all over themselves. They kept going and no answer. Nobody answered. All that effort for nobody to answer their cries. For nobody to answer or respond to their dancing. To these big gestures. Elijah calls on God in one moment. And he answers. He responds. So we read, Elijah says, Lord, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, let it be known that you are the God in Israel and I am your servant. And that at your word, I have done all these things. Answer me, Lord. Answer me so that this people will know that you, the Lord, are God. And that you have turned their hearts back. That's all Elijah does. In comparison to what these prophets have been doing from morning till noon, which is at least about 12 hours. Elijah probably says a sentence that takes less than one minute. And our God answers him. And he answers him by sending fire. Whatever it is that you're going through, whatever it is you're believing God for, he can answer you in one moment, in one prayer. That's all he needs. I have a third point. But I actually want to jump into the altar right now. Uh, So worship team, you can come up because I think we need to take some time to respond to what we're reading. Take some time in God's presence. It might be different. It's okay. Nothing to be scared of. Can I have everybody stand? And if you're a leader, um, I know Pastor Isley normally has you on the front, but um, let's have you guys kind of line up on the sides, because I just want to make some space down here for students. So students, I don't think it's too far-fetched for me to say that everyone in this room is in need of something, going through something, hoping for something to happen in their lives, literally anything. And if you're not, if you're like, hey, life's great. It's all good. Everything's going wonderful. You know, I think of even needs at the church. 
We're here at Belmont together. You know, our heart's desire is to see more people come to know Jesus at Belmont, at Excel. There's missionaries around the world. I just think there's so many things we can pray for, ask God for, believe for. Is it safe to say that, that everybody in this room has something they're in need of, that they, they need from God, or that they just, God, we want to see you move. I, I need you to do this, God. Maybe even God, if you're real, I'm just needing you to show me something, do something, help me, provide, answer. He's a God that we can have confidence in, like we're reading about, that we can have confidence in, that he can do it. Whatever that is coming to your mind right now. So I want everyone to close their eyes. Come on, picture that thing. Maybe it's multiple things and that's okay. Again, he's a big God. Whatever it is that's coming to your mind, I'm telling you right now, he can do it. He can answer that need. He can meet that need. And he can do it in a moment. So we're going to go into a time of worship again. We're going to sing Believe for it, because I think that's the perfect song for this moment. And students, I just want you to respond to this message. Whatever that thing is in your mind, you're thinking, God, I just need you to do this. I need you to show off your power in this situation. And if you want to come to the front again, you can. That's why the altar is open for you. You can come down here and worship. You can stay at your seat. Again, this moment is for you. Let's believe for God to do anything. Let's believe for God to do the impossible because he's telling us that he can. So let's believe him. Let's believe his word. So again, we're going to sing the song and I'll come back in a moment. But that's what we're going to do. We're going to worship God and we're going to believe for it. Okay? Okay.